with their finder seats. We can open to our last scripture reading, which is also the continuation of the Gospel of Mark. We're going to look at verses uh, 33 through 39, chapter 15. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. And someone ran to it and filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered, uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who, who stood facing him saw that, that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly this man was the Son of God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we come to you this, this day, this Good Friday, as a people who really have no business hearing the words we just heard. We, we are people who are not worthy of the, of the words that we just read. Words describing your glory. Words describing your majesty. Words depicting the, the nature of your holiness and your love. You see, our, our sins, are, they're, they're too great. And that's why we are not worthy. We're not, we're not worthy to enter into your presence. And yet it is because of these words, because of what your son did, that we are able to come before you right now. And, and so I pray that, that the words that I will speak, that the words that are about to come from my mouth, that that they might be pleasing to you. That I might speak of your son this evening and magnify him. And may you bring understanding to each and every person who hears my voice this night. May your law convict us of our sins and may your gospel bring that rescuing message to each and every ear. I ask that you would produce within us the necessary faith for our salvation. That you would regenerate our hearts by your Holy Spirit. This must be a work that you do and not a work that I do. I pray this in Jesus' name.
arms stretched out upon that cross and was slowly dying. It was a time for mourning. It was a time for bitterness. Just like, like the prophet Amos had prophesied. Listen to the words of the prophet Amos. And on that day, declares the Lord God, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your feast into mourning and all your songs into lamentations. I will bring sackcloth on every waist and baldness on every head. I will make it like the, the morning for an only son. And the end of it, like a bitter day. This only begotten Son of God had entered into his time of darkness. The wrath of the Father had fallen upon his head. And any compassion that the Lord had left with was now gone. It had fled away from him. And this is why he cried out from the 22nd Psalm, this horrific lament. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Of course, crying out with one voice while being asphyxiated upon a cross does not make for intelligible language. And that's why many who were around misheard this man. They, they thought that he was crying for Elijah, that, that Elijah would come and rescue him somehow. And one can understand how, how their mistaken ears heard, heard the words Elijah. For, for in the Hebrew it is Eliyah. Yet our Lord spoke, Eloi, Eloi. And so the crowds that were left, they, they, they wanted to see if Elijah would actually come. They, they wanted to find out what would happen. What would happen before this dying man breathed his last breath? And this is why one of them ran in and filled a sponge with the wine vinegar so that he could offer it to Jesus in the hopes that it would revive him momentarily, revive his spirits, giving them more time for this spectacle. This, this cheap and, and bitter wine, it was not given out of compassion. No. Rather, it was a method that, that the Roman guards had employed to, to, to revive criminals, prolonging their suffering, thus giving warning to anyone else that, who might think that committing that same crime was a good idea. And so, out of some morbid fascination that, that Elijah might appear, this, this wine vinegar was raised to our Lord's mouth, to the mouth of this one who was crying out. However, no one controls the fate of our Lord. No one decides when he dies and when he lives, except him. He would be the one who decides when he goes. And so with one last cry, it was finished. This one who was suspended between heaven and earth gave up his spirit and breathed his last. Not too far away inside the city walls, a, a loud tearing could be heard from within the temple doors. The, the massive curtain that had for years separated the, the, the inner sanctuary from the Holy of Holies. This, this 
thick screen that, that stood roughly 80 feet tall had been torn from top to bottom. That which was hidden from all people except for the high priest and only then once a year. This sacred space was now visible for all to see. The barrier between God's holiness and, and man's sinfulness had been ripped in two. The sacrificial lamb had been offered. Offered for the transgressions of his people. An entrance into the throne room of God was now accessible. Accessible not only to the Jews, but to any who, who looked upon that man who was upon that cross. And it was a Roman centurion. This one who was charged to carry out this execution. This, this one who had a front row seat and witnessed all that had occurred. He would become the first to proclaim, truly, this man was the Son of God. But why this tragedy? Why this anguish and this pain? What, what is the significance of this death? How, how could such a horrific event be part of God's greater purpose? To fully understand, we must go back to the words spoken by that man on the cross. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The suffering that, that we just read from Mark's gospel was a suffering that was both physical and mental. To be wrongfully condemned. To, 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 to have the crowds shouting at you, crucify, crucify. To be flogged. To have the, the, the cat of nine tails to flay open his back. And then feeling that, that, that crown of thorns digging into his skull as it was being forced upon his head. Only then to be mocked, to be spit upon. And then having to, to carry the, the, the instrument of his own death. To, to carry that heavy, heavy cross until the weight of it was too great and he could drag it no further. To hear the pounding of those long nails as they piss pierced the sinew and, and tissue as they, as they tore through his wrists and his feet. And then feeling that, that, that jarring thud of the, the lumbering cross as it dropped into its pre-dug hole, sending shooting pains as, as nails would have been pressing on his very bones. Yes, this Son of God had been lifted up high for all to see. And the weight of his own body was now working against him, slowly suffocating him. And it was then that the crowds began to taunt him, ridiculing his helpless state. Even those who were suffering a similar fate as him, those who were crucified next to him, they also heaped insults upon him. And then darkness fell. Certainly the, the physical, 
the, the mental anguish that our Lord felt was a heavy, heavy burden. And yet, it, it does not fully describe all that Christ went through. No. Not until we read the words, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Only when we read those words do we get a glimpse of the full weight of the punishment being placed upon this man. Listen, we, we read about Christian martyrs of old, right? We hear tales of them. Some of them who were fed to lions. Others were lit on fire. And still others who were beheaded. And many, like our Lord, were nailed to their own cross. These men and these women went to their deaths singing hymns and, and praising their Father in heaven. And it's not that they, that they didn't feel any pain, as if, as if God was somehow protecting them from that reality. No. But God was there right with them. He was carrying them through their ordeal. But in the case of Jesus, we see this man crying out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What does it mean to be forsaken by God? What were the words that Jesus had spoken in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before? What did Jesus pray knowing what was about to take place? Listen to his words. He said this, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. And then later on, as his, as his body was sweating drops of blood, these were the words that he prayed to his father. Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Remove this cup from me. Now, now, did Jesus lack the grit of those martyrs of old? Was our Lord made of less, lesser substance than, than others who faced a similar fate? What, what is this cup that Jesus asked to be removed? What was our Lord speaking of? What was in the cup? The, the, the prophet Jeremiah describes this cup as the cup of God's wrath. He says this, Thus the Lord, the God of Israel, said to me, Take from my hand this cup of the wine of wrath, and make all nations whom I send you drink it. And from Psalm 75 we get a glimpse of this cup's purpose. It says this, for in the hand of the Lord there is a cup with foaming wine well mixed, and he pours out from it, and all the wicked of the earth shall drain it down to the dregs. Listen, physical pain can be endured. Willful men can, can laugh in the face of suffering. Zealous men, they, they strap bombs to their chest and they push the button. Yet none of them, 
none of them have ever felt the overwhelming grief and anguish that comes upon a man who is totally forsaken by his God. For to be cut off, to be disconnected from any semblance of God's goodness will utterly ruin a man. And this, this, my friends, is what Christ endured. The ridicule and the scorn he could take. The pain he could endure. Yet it was the spiritual anguish of being cursed by God that drove our Lord to, to sweat drops of blood. It was the fact that he would be forsaken that caused him to ask his father, remove this cup from me. You see, it was the, the, the righteous hatred, the, the, the just anger that God has towards sinners that was poured out upon our Lord. Christ took upon himself the curse of mankind's sins when he went to that cross. How does the prophet Isaiah describe it? Isaiah 53 verse 4 says this. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to, to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is before shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. As for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked, and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put into grief. It was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. Friends, do you, do you see what is taking place on Calvary? Do you understand that, that to be forsaken by God is a fate that is far worse than death? Far worse than any physical or mental anguish that, that any cross could bring. The love and, and the goodness of God had left our Lord. And all that was left for him was God's fury. Jesus drank down the full wrath of God so that you might not. My, my, my words, they, they, they fall short. They fall short in attempting to describe the suffering that our Lord endured. We cannot even fathom the, the, the anguish of our Lord's soul. And thanks to Him, if you are in Christ, you won't have to. 
For Christ is your substitute. He is your propitiation. The, the, just a fancy word. He is your sacrifice, which, which satisfies the, the wrath of God. The anger of God. A, a fury that should be directed towards you. You should have been the one that was on that cross. You should have been the one that was forsaken by God. You should have been the one that, that, that was crushed for your own iniquities. For your sins demand the wrath of the Almighty. And yet, Christ did this for you. Jesus took upon himself the heaviest of burdens. And like the strong man, he, he bore the intense weight of your sin. All so that you would not have to. In Christian circles, we talk a lot about being saved. But being saved from what? From a fiery pit? From, from a lake of fire? It is more than just that. You see, Jesus, he, he rescues your soul. He rescues you from being altogether disconnected from, from any good blessing that might come from God. He, he delivers you from being left under the curse of God's white-hot anger. This, this is why Jesus went to Calvary. Because he loved you so much. That's why he went to the cross. It was all for you. That's why he was willing to suffer the weight that you could not bear. So that the cup of the wine of God's wrath might not be poured out upon you. And so my challenge for you tonight is to repent. Repent of your sins. Repent of any unbelief that you have. And believe this good news. Turn away from, from your wickedness and trust in this Son of God. For it is only through Him that you'll be able to escape the fury that is to come. This is your Lord. This is who Jesus is. This is the suffering servant that Isaiah spoke of. He comes to bring you peace. Through his suffering. Turn to him. Look to him. And find that peace. Let us pray. Father, we confess to you right now that, that we don't deserve any of this. We deserve to be forsaken by you. For there's nothing good within us. All of our actions, all of our thoughts, they're, they're, they're worthy of your white-hot anger. And that is why we are so grateful. Grateful that you sent your Son. For he is the, is the one who, who drank that cup, the cup of your fury in our skin. And you drank it down to the dregs for us. He is our sacrificial lamb. And so we put all of our trust and all of our hope in him alone. 
for there is no other who can rescue us from your judgment. Without Jesus, we would all crumble to pieces. So we ask that you would grant us the faith to believe this message, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name.